Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time from the Zen Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Wherever justice demands, Amanda J. and her team have you covered. Go to AmandaJGentry.com for more information. True Math Fitness in the Gulch, TrueMathFitness.com. Your first workout is free. As a Middle Tennessee resident, get the best workout with the best coaching staff. No workout ever recycled or repeated at TrueMathFitness.com. And Zen Sports, your $1,000 no danger first wager is available to you when you plug in the promo code A-T-O-Z-T-N. They will get you in on all the action. Sign up for a Zen Sports account using the code A-T-O-Z-T-N, and you can even be one of two winners to win two tickets to the Titans-Colts VIP tailgate party, courtesy of Zen Sports. Tell you more information about that later on in the show. So uh, Titans did have practice today, and I think that uh, all practice is Scripting the games, says Troy Spinagle, I think is how you pronounce that last name. All practice is scripting the games. I don't know exactly what that means, but if, uh, you know, that if what they're producing on Sundays is evidence of how their practice habits are going, then you would say, oh, why don't they just do away with practice whatsoever? But the larger problem, when we talked to Will Levis on Sunday night after the game, when we were all in Jacksonville, is he told us that, uh, the things that they're doing in practice are good. The The larger issue is that they're not translating to the games. He talked about a lack of focus. He talked about, he used the term freak out. And I don't think he meant like uh, in terms of like handling pressures and stuff like that, talking about the offense as a whole, including himself. He used the term freak out. I don't think, I don't think he was, I don't think he meant like actual freak outs out there. Although, you know, you might look at the way that they're playing and say, well, of course they're freaking out. They're far worse than their competition on a regular basis. Um, I think uh, future pl- players tell you they're all scripted. Uh, future play. Okay, I don't. I don't know what the hell Troy's talking about, but that's uh, that's fine. Um, we are. Oh, he's implying that the NFL is scripted. Uh, no, if the NFL is scripted, I don't think. I, I think you could you could write ten thousand scripts, and none of them would be able to come up with the irony of how the Jets started their season or the way that Patrick Mahomes lost that game last night. There's just there's so many different things that you cannot account for. Um, but no, if the NFL is scripted, they, the script writers, the script writers must hate your asses because they keep dealing you guys bad hand after bad hand. Either way, we are going to, uh, we're going to take a look at what this means for Will Levis and talk about how he is and how he's managing things. We asked him a couple of questions. He did speak to the media today, even though he did not practice. And we will, uh, we will let you hear from him here in just a moment. But first, your Two Rivers Ford take now that we're getting ready to see the Carolina Panthers here in Nashville and that Will Levis is going to go up against the number one overall pick from his draft class where he slid out of the first round into the second round where the Titans were there to snatch him up and and certainly tried to snatch him up earlier than that, as a matter of fact. 
Um, I think that uh, I think that there's a couple of things to keep an eye on, and, and Will Levis spoke eloquently about them today. You'll hear from Will Levis right mm-hmm. after I ask you, how would you grade? Uh, Will Levis threw his first four starts. It's your Two Rivers Ford take, and it is presented by Two Rivers Ford. Powered by Ford, driven by people, quality American-made Ford vehicles, and award-winning customer service is what Two Rivers Ford offers. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at Two Rivers Ford. Dot com. Uh, so I think that the uh, I think that there's a couple of things to keep an eye on here today. Will Levis missing practice is not inconsequential, given that he uh, he was dealing with what was uh, called a toe injury on the injury report. We didn't get an injury report today. They don't have to produce one until Wednesday, um, according to the uh, league uh, the league protocols, basically. So there was no injury report for us post practice today. But Levis has been on the injury report basically since Atlanta with a toe injury. Then he got stepped on in Jacksonville, and you could tell that he had, I believe it was his left foot, taped up after the fact and did not practice today, uh, working with the training staff while the team had more of a walkthrough. Didn't miss a ton, but obviously, you know, whatever reps there were to be had today went to Ryan Tannehill. Um, Levis's status is not in doubt for Sunday at this point. But it is worth noting, um, anytime the starting quarterback misses some time, we did speak to him today on a couple of different things. And obviously, we spoke to him today about going up against a uh, fellow member of his rookie draft class, the number one overall pick in Bryce Young and how he kind of looks at an opportunity like that. How would you grade him through the first four starts? Uh, We'll go through his stats here in just a second. First, I'm going to let you hear from Will Levis at the podium today. I'm not really too close to him personally, um, but I mean, I've definitely watched him from afar. I've been really impressed with this whole process. And he's, he's a heck of a quarterback. It was really fun watching him, you know, comparing myself to the other quarterbacks in the draft class. Uh, he did some great things on Saturdays. He's been doing some great things on Sundays. Um, and look, wishing him the rest of his career. How much do you do that yeah. now that you're in a position to take advantage of some opportunities here, compare yourself to the other quarterbacks in the draft Yeah, class? I think it's, it's really important, especially like, Playing at this level, like seeing how other guys have gotten it done at this level, uh, it's important. You know, looking at dudes that you know might have a similar skill set to you as to what you can do physically, and um, just it's a copycat league. You know, just with like with plays, just with same with technique. You know, just seeing other guys doing different things um, that can help your game. So that's been, that's been fun. After four. So that was Will Levis earlier today speaking about the rookie quarterbacks that he is comparing himself to and, and you know, the fact that he relishes that opportunity. The primetime show is made possible by the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry. Uh, she cannot protect you from bad football, but she can protect your constitutional rights. Amanda J. and her team are always there for you. AmandaJGentry.com for more information about how she can protect your constitutional rights today. So how would you evaluate Will Levis through his first four starts? Six touchdowns, two interceptions. He's one and three. As a starter, he's completing just under 59% of his passes, 58.9 to the tune of 857 yards. Um, Like I said, the six touchdowns and two interceptions. He has a success rate, a passing success rate of 33.8. Just so you know, a successful pass gains at least 40% of yards required on first down, 60% of yards required on second down and a hundred percent of third uh, on third and fourth down. The denominator is pass attempts plus 
times sacked. And Will Levis has a success rate because of the situation around him of 33.8 passing success rate. It's nightmarish, right, that Will Levis is in the middle of all this stuff and trying to soldier his way through. Um, Troy says, I give him an A+. Uh, you see what he's got in front of him for protection. Uh, Major Key says, that ankle or foot a little sore from that ugly scramble he had. Uh, we are trying to get our foundations right still, says Titan Man 9000 on YouTube. And Ben Hall says, I don't know what you want him to do when the D-line is just in his face the moment the ball is snapped. It's it's really tough because he's getting away with some stuff, which makes me recognize, okay, you know, there's there's plenty here that he has to improve upon, he, he himself as a player. But then you add into the equation the idea that he just cannot get a minute as soon as the ball is hitting him in the hands, if it's not a high snap, and we talked to him about what him and Brewer are working on for high snaps. By the way, Aaron Brewer does not talk to the media. I, this, full disclosure, I went to practice today because their practice schedule was later. It's a weird a weird day. Um, I usually don't go to practice during the week. I, I usually just talk to these guys uh, after games because, long story short, radio show complicates my schedule, and it's tough for me to get to practice during the week. So today I obviously went because I didn't have practice till three 30 radio shows done at one. Normally they're practicing during the middle of radio show. So I said, I'll go to the facility today. So I went and I, uh, I was looking around for Aaron Burr. Cause I'm like, all right, we asked Levis about the, uh, we asked Levis about the snaps and he kind of, he did give us a pretty detailed example or, or answer on how they're working on the snaps. And so I'm looking around in the locker room for Aaron Brewer and I don't notice Aaron Brewer. And it's been, like I said, a couple of weeks since I've been in the locker room. So I'm peeking around, looking around, uh, trying to find the center. Normally I'm used to the center being very, very available. Ben Jones was always there for a quote or a comment, no matter how much he disliked talking to us as he was trying to get ready for practice or out of the building on a Friday after practice. So I'm not used to a center um, who is, I don't want to say, lacking in accountability, but is lacking in availability to be accountable about the situation that he has. Uh, so I asked a couple of people today who are there every day at practice, like Teron Davenport. And I said, TD, when's the last time you talked to Aaron Brewer? And he kind of looked at me side-eyed and said, it's been, it's been a, a while. I think he said something like six weeks, which is wild. That dude gets out of there faster than anybody. Uh, apparently, and I'm used to, uh, I'm used to Dennis Daly basically running from us in the locker room. So, you know, perhaps I'll track Brewer uh, down at some point this week. I would like to ask him a couple of questions since, since I'm going to have the privilege to go to practice this week with no radio obligations on, uh, Friday, then I would like to speak to Aaron Brewer about what's going on with the snapping situation. But either way, um, he's dodging the media because he knows he's trash as Lamar. Honestly, he's not been that bad. I, I, <laughs> But, you know, if you're an offensive lineman for the Titans, you are uh, you are lumped in together as a unit. And that this particular issue continues to plague him, I think, is worth worth asking a question. Like I said, I'm used to the I'm used to the center being a bit more accountable than that. But like, like I said, that's unfair criticism for me because I'm not there every day anymore. I'm I'm there mostly just I mean, I've, I've been to a couple of practices throughout the course of the regular season, not as many as I used to go to, obviously, pre-radio. But, uh, yeah, you know, if I if this is as big an issue as it's going to be made out to be, then I'd like the, I'd like the person to answer some questions about it. So, you know, 
if he's in there tomorrow, maybe uh, maybe you guys will see that on social media. If he's not in there tomorrow, maybe I'll get him on Friday. I don't know. I'm I'm now hell-bent on speaking to Aaron Brewer in ways that I never cared to talk that much to Aaron Brewer before, but uh, it's worth asking a couple questions at this point. Levis, though, uh, is handling the situation pretty well. It is tough. Uh, it is tough to get the – it's tough to get the full picture – of what he's trying to accomplish because his help is so poor. Uh, Lewis Morgan says, have a remote radio show at Titans practice. We do that all during training camp, but the uh, (laughs) practices are also all open during training camp uh, to media anyway, and that is not the case during the regular season, so they will not uh, permit us to continue to do – continue to uh, do that during the regular season. That's not something that they have to do, so they – uh, respectfully decline those opportunities. William Raymer says he's staying away from the media and focusing on improving. Uh, that's possible. Um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know that staying away from the media uh, for 20 to 25 minutes a day is that he's improving so much that it's absolutely essential that he stay away from the media. I think that it's okay for us to ask him some questions about that particular area in which he's not improving. And maybe he's out there working on snaps while we're wandering around the locker room looking for Aaron Brewer today. But, uh, you know, I, I'm willing to accept that as a uh, as a situation. I don't, I don't fault him for not wanting to talk to us either. And if he would prefer to work on his craft, I don't know that that's what he's doing. He may be in training. He may, you know, he may be getting lunch. He may be going to the bathroom for all I know during that time. But uh, apparently he has not been available to speak to for many, many weeks now. And, uh, not something that uh, not something that has eluded our attention, uh, shall we say? Ken Kaniff says you're going to have to catch Brewer at the grocery store or something. I'm saying, man, like these damn offensive linemen, um, they they are they are elusive for being uh, giant human beings. Brewer's not all that big, but still, uh, maybe he had something to do after practice. Well, impossible because availability is before practice, so they literally have nothing else to do but get ready, get dressed, get taped, uh, and answer questions. That's what that whole session is for, 45 minutes, where they know we're going to be in the locker room, we know we're going to be in the locker room, and we know that they don't have anything to do afterwards other than go to practice. So, uh, no, I know for sure that he – I mean, maybe he had something to do after practice, but it doesn't matter to me what he does after practice because I speak. we speak to him – we speak to them before. Anyway, um, BF says, hey, Bert, what you doing, Bert? little Call of Duty tonight? <laughs> <laughs> Bert's locked in on whatever the hell he's doing. He's not paying a, a bit of attention to us. And uh, yes, I'm sure that he is. Uh, he's probably uh, playing Call of Duty or something. And uh, <laughs> I don't know about OnlyFans action or anything like that. But if Bert started a gaming OnlyFans, perhaps you guys would spend more time here or there than you do here. I don't know, though. You might see some things that would shock you. Anyway, we will uh, we'll keep it moving here on the primetime show. Which player needs to improve the most where, with where the Titans are at right now on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch in the comment section? What player do the Titans need the most improvement from right at this moment? We will discuss together right after I remind you that the primetime show is presented by TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. They are going to put you in position to succeed. No workout is ever recycled or repeated. The coaching staff is awesome. I love the great folks at TrueMath. I love going there for personal training. Whether you're going in for uh, personal training, 
that they offer, whether you're going to take one of their group classes, which are awesome boot camp style group classes, get in and out, super efficient in about 40 minutes from stretch to finish. TrueMathFitness.com has all the things that you need. Sign up for a membership today and your first workout free at TrueMavFitness.com. So, uh, what player do the Titans need improvement from the most right now? Uh, Corey D. Jackson says, Burks, what is his status? Uh, what's his status? Yeah, he's not practicing. Um, you know, they'll have two more days of practice uh, and Thanksgiving off between now and the time that they play on Sunday, but he's... It must be a damn serious concussion um, because Dillard is Dillard is back this week and obviously, and no concussion is created equal. And this is obviously multiple concussions now for Burke. So you hope that you hope that he's okay, right? But uh, I mean, you know that he's not out there at all today, and that that there was no indication that he had any kind of timetable to return soon. He's not. He, Dillard like is out there in the yellow jersey today, right? Because he's still in the return to play uh, protocol from the concussion protocol or return to play part of the concussion protocol, but he has to wear the yellow jersey and it's a non-contact situation. Burks isn't even doing that, right? So, um, you know, it's unfortunately another serious situation for Traylon Burks, and uh, I mean, you just you, you really hate you really hate that. Uh, ben, ben says the man was knocked out cold. Um, Major Key says Weaver. Why is he not available to play? Uh, he did play last week. He was available to play. You know, Weaver's just not very good. Um, he's not an impact player. I, Gibson is probably a better depth option for them right now. And frankly, like, they're not getting shit out of Danico Autry. Harold Landry's been better. Arden Key has really fallen off since the first game of the season. Um, it is... Uh, it's a pretty, it's a pretty inconsistent to underperforming group, but I will say that Landry is improving. Uh, Eric Alonzo said, we're not going to do this with like every player that you guys have questions about, but, uh, where the hell is Caleb Farley says Eric Alonzo. He's chilling. Um, he's not, he's not off reserve PUP. Like that guys, there is, uh, there has not been any indication that he is coming back anytime soon. You know, if he's out, I don't know if he's out for the entire season. Um, but everything that's going on with Caleb Farley indicates that he's not, you know, any close, uh, anywhere closer to returning than he was three weeks ago or five weeks ago or eight weeks ago or training camp. He's, you know, he's chilling. Um, excuse me while I take a quick drink. Um, I think that, uh, you know, and, and he's obviously got a much different situation as Ken points out last thing on Caleb's mind is football. His his family situation. I think that I think the guy uh, the kid just turned like twenty three or twenty four. Like he's he's still very very young, and to have lost both parents the way that he has, and especially with his dad in such a tragic fashion. Like, I mean, he if he was if he was available to play, he would be back at practice. But he is not available to even practice. Um, he continues to be on pup. Uh, Joe Edwards says, "Has Farley ever played a game? Yes, he has, and those things did not go well." Uh, why is it when this, why is it when we're doing good people, uh, people go to jail on this team, but when we suck, nobody goes to jail. <laughs> well, Jaleel Johnson got thrown into football jail today. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, we can get to that, uh, later at the end of the show. Um, what happened with Farley's mom says MB, she passed away, uh, several years ago. I believe it was a cancer. 
um, situation. I will uh, double check that really quickly uh, with Caleb Farley, but I knew that she had passed some time ago and that obviously uh, the dad had passed just recently um, with the uh, the explosion uh, at their family residence. Uh, yes, lost his mom to cancer. Uh, it looks like I'm looking for a date on it, but prior to the draft, uh, it does not, um, 2017 maybe. Uh, but yeah, prior, prior to the NFL draft, it, it seems like she's, uh, she's been passed on for, for some time now and unfortunate, just, uh, just a really, a really tragic situation for him. But, um, you know, to just keep it on the football side of things, he's not available to play. So uh, who needs to step up right now as we talk about this thing? Well, you know, offensive line can perpetually be an answer here, but uh, the offensive line group, again, is going to be without Chris Hubbard. Now, Jeremy Fowler reported today that Chris Hubbard was likely to be done for the season, and Chris Hubbard was back out on the practice field today. So, I mean, he was not uh, – he was also wearing a, a, a non-contact jersey, so I don't know what that means. But Dillard coming out of the concussion protocol, back at left tackle – uh, Raiden's over to right tackle at that point, and Jalen Duncan, who got some snaps at right tackle for apparently the first time ever, having never played right tackle before, was asked to do so on Sunday against uh, against the uh, uh, who did they just lose to against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know seemed to uh, seemed to fare pretty well, but he is going to continue to rep at left tackle. It sounds like behind Andre Dillard. I guess you just say two plan is uh, when you're next to somebody for a long time you kinda get used, you know, your language, uh, you get used to each other's language, uh, you know, you switch it up. You gotta get accustomed to the person that's next to you, you know. Uh, it's a sport. Uh, people get moved around all the time, so you got to be able to adjust on the, on the fly and uh, be ready. How have you tried to stay ready for this opportunity when it came to you? Uh, just working hard at practice, uh, just preparing like a starter, and I just waiting for my name to be called. So. When you got in last week, there was a specific package at the beginning of the game for you to be in. And then, I don't know, a half a quarter in, it's totally different, and you're, you're in there every play. What was that like to go from kind of what you're planning throughout the week to here we go, full bore. Uh, me personally, it was fun. I was ready for it. Uh, I've been waiting for that moment for my name to be called. So uh, I just went out there with a high and uh, just played football. Now what? that you've done that, what do you think going into week two and week three and all that beyond? Uh, you know, just keep grinding every day of practice and just working. Uh, just, just get better. Mike Vrabel has mentioned you consistently as one of the guys that has improved throughout the year. From your perspective, what ways have you made improvements? Uh, just uh, knowledge for the game, uh, you know, just pad level, uh, just working on pass for things, just all around aspect of football. And then you just talked about working on the right side, and now apparently you're going to be working on the left. That flipping back and forth, how difficult is that? Uh, I wouldn't say it's necessarily difficult. It just takes a little bit more work. Uh, you get used to doing something on one side, so you got to be able to flip it in your brain and uh, and go try to perform as well on the other side. So. Are you more comfortable on one side or the other? I thought I heard you say left. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more comfortable on the left. Uh, you know, I did that for most of my career. But uh, moving to the right, I don't find that a problem. Uh, you know, I'm willing to work wherever I get put at. So. When was the last time you played on the right before, uh, before Sunday? Never. Never? Just practice. Just throughout practice. Never an actual game situation. Uh, so it was the first first time for everything. What's the best advice that you've gotten since you've come into the league and, and try to get your feet under yourself? Uh, just work hard and uh, just be ready to go when your name's called. Really, yeah. 
So that is uh, Jalen Duncan, who is going to rep at left tackle behind uh, Andre Dillard, it sounds like, this week. And, you know, we'll see if Andre Dillard uh, clears concussion protocol. I would expect if Dillard does clear concussion protocol that he would again start at left tackle on Sunday. Uh, it is uh, – it's tough uh, to imagine that situation, but I do think that Duncan, while he did play admirably – on Sunday against Jacksonville. I think they they need more from him. But, you know, I, they've already benched Dillard once, so I don't know that they wouldn't have a pretty quick trigger with him again. I just think that in certain situations, they'd rather have a veteran over a rookie because there are more situations, even if Dillard is worse, as a player, there are more situations that Dillard is familiar with than is Duncan right now. And if you're trying to put, if you're trying to basically put together the best thing humanly possible to try and win a game, at least in one week sample sizes, you know, I would understand the argument for Dillard, even if I, uh, even if I also think that, you know, his his place is best served on the bench right now. Um, that sounds problematic. SMH have only I've played on that side only in practice. Yeah, he'd never played right tackle in a game situation before Sunday. Uh, and, you know, he was only supposed to be in there for jumbo packages, but then, of course, Chris Hubbard gets knocked out with the elbow situation. Um, Major Key says, can I ask why Vrabel never lets guys that play a certain position naturally just play that position instead of being swing or play multiple positions? Well, all of these offensive linemen, for the most part, unless you're like uh, like – a bona fide true blue left tackle the way that Lawan or um, who's another example of this uh, Trent Williams or like those guys don't play other positions, right? For the most part, you have to have guys who know multiple, multiple positions uh, if they're going to make it in the league. And then, you know, by nature of, of earning a starting opportunity there, you have to take those opportunities where they come. Um, I think that uh, I think that you know the left tackle, left guard thing with Skaronsky is is probably the origination of your question, I imagine, and uh, that Duncan is going to play left tackle or you know rep at left tackle for depth there. I think makes the most sense, even though I think he's probably going to be an interior player if he finds a starting spot on the Titans' offensive line in the future. Um, it is going to be something on Sunday. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something. Titan man says, what about Throckmorton? What's he depth uh, role right now? Uh, yeah, that's, you know, he just got here last week, so perhaps he'll be uh, active, but he was a healthy scratch on Sunday against the Jags. Uh, they, by the way, they signed him off Carolina's practice squad who Carolina also has one of the worst offensive line groups in football. It, it's bad everywhere. It's not this bad everywhere as it is in Tennessee, but it's pretty bad everywhere uh, right now. All right, let's keep it moving. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch, whose stock rose, whose stock fell this week in sports? We'll talk about it together right after I remind you that the Primetime Show is made possible by Zen Sports. Great offers always at Zen Sports. When you download that app, plug in the promo code A2ZTN. And you can be one of two winners to win two tickets to the Colts versus Titans VIP tailgate party. 
free food catered by uh, their chef, unlimited drinks, and pregame fun. It's going to be uh, now. This, these are tickets just for the tailgate, not to the game itself. Important to note, and of course, uh, the no danger first wager can be found at Zen Sports with terms and conditions that do apply. Must be 21 or older in Tennessee to bet. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. Whose stock rose? Whose stock fell this week? Um, William Young says all of the Titans fans' stock fell. So. So are you saying that like the Titans fans or the Titans fans stock in the Titans, like the stock that you have in the Titans fell or the Titans fans themselves, their stock fell. I, I need a, a clarification on that. Puka says chiefs wide receivers. Absolutely. Um, I think, uh, I think uh, Karen also says KC Mike Vrabel. Bavin says Mike Vrabel stock fell a lot and continues to fall. Uh, with fans for sure. I don't, I don't, I really don't think he's in the kind of danger that, um, you guys seem to think he needs to be in, but I will acknowledge that his seat has never been warmer than it is right now, even if he's not in any real danger, um, at this point, uh, somebody says, uh, uh, who cares about the chiefs says Titans YouTuber. Well, anybody who cares about, you know, uh, teams contending for a Super Bowl championship, are you not interested in what? Is happening? Are you? I mean, you may just. It says Titans YouTuber, so you may only care about the Tennessee Titans. But um, that seems an awful way to go through a football season and not ignore everything else around the league, especially the league's greatest player, the greatest, the best quarterback uh, in football. Somebody who's not unlike anything that we've ever seen. Why wouldn't you care what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs? They are the defending Super Bowl champions. Those are the guys that you have to get by. You should be paying very close attention to the Chiefs. Um, and, uh, and to all the other teams that are superior to you in the AFC to try and figure out what the hell they have that your franchise doesn't. Um, so looking, uh, Vrabel's response to TD was cringe. This is Eric Alonzo. No, it wasn't cringy at all. It was completely normal for a coach to get defensive about the question that he was asked. And I thought the question was fair from Toronto. I thought the reaction was fair from Vrabel. Um, you know, how would, uh, how would, so I, I don't know what your family dynamic is, Eric. Um, you know, if you were, let's, let's say you have kids. I don't know if you have kids or not, but if somebody said, Hey, Eric, do you, uh, do you think that you're a, do you think that you're an able-bodied parent to your children? And I, I would assume that you would look around and say, what the hell do you mean? Am I an able-bodied parent to my children? Are you questioning my ability to be an able-bodied parent to my child? And the response is, no, I'm not questioning it. I'm just asking for examples of whether you do or do not uh, or are or are not an able-bodied parent uh, at that point. And, of course, you would get defensive because somebody is questioning your ability to be a parent or, you know, a caretaker or a pet owner. I don't know, whatever it is that you're going to be questioned on that you might get hurt about. Um, PBK says TD was really trying to shake things up with that question. No, he wasn't at all. In fact, he was trying to give Vrabel, uh, he was trying to give Vrabel a bit of an out, um, because what uh, what Tehran asked him was, "Can you give some examples?" Which is essentially Tehran saying, "Hey, Mike, there are people, there are fans who think that you don't have that you're not resonating with the team. Can you give examples of how you are?" Basically, is what Tehran asked him which is a, a softer way to say, Mike, there are fans who think you don't have a grip on your football team right now. 
can you provide some examples? Um, I thought, uh, I thought that that was a, you know, I thought it was a completely fair way to pose the question and also satisfy what fans want because fans keep asking this question. So, all right, how can you position it in a way that allows Mike to respond without setting Mike up basically to take out fans? If he would, if he, I don't think he would do that, uh, in the same way that he doesn't take out players publicly. But, you know, you would put Vrabel in a worse position if you wanted to by saying, hey, Mike, the fans don't think, don't trust that you have control of the locker room. How do you respond? And uh, MB says, what examples could Mike give him without breaching confidentiality? He didn't give him any examples, right? Because Mike doesn't talk about the interactions that he has with players uh, the way that almost every other coach doesn't talk about interactions that they have with their players to the media. It's like Kim Mulkey uh, not telling anybody in, in the world of women's college basketball what the hell is going on with Angel Reese. It's one of the strangest stories in sports right now. One of the best players, one of the most recognizable players on a national championship team is just nowhere to be heard from. And Kim Mulkey is saying, yeah, it's like my kids. I don't tell you anything that you need, anything more than you need to know about my kids, right? That's what, uh, that's what Vrabel is doing. Um, I, you know, like we talked about this, we don't need to relitigate this conversation, but like we talked about the question last night. I thought the question was fair. I thought the response was fair. And, you know, the people want to parse, parse it, uh, here and there. Um, you know, I think, uh, I think you can, you can look at it however you want to look at it, but I, I don't think it was an unfair question and nor do I think Vrabel was wrong to get defensive about it. In fact, I think it would be more problematic if Vrabel didn't get defensive about it. Anyway, whose stock rose, whose stock fell? Uh, the person whose stock rose, Shaq Leonard. Uh, whether you want to call him Darius Leonard, whether you want to call him Shaq Leonard, he got cut by the Colts today in a pretty surprising move. Now, he had been, he had basically lost his starting role on the Colts, which is wild because he's a former All-Pro and he's only 28 years old. But uh, he didn't ask for his release, uh, according to multiple reports. And it's Thanksgiving. He's a very notable player, like Jeff Simmons did today. He did a turkey giveaway. But instead of bailing on the city of Indianapolis and the turkey giveaway that he he had set to do, he decided that even after the Colts cut him today, he would do it anyway. So that's Shaq Leonard, um, stock up on him. That was, that was a real classy move by him to show up, uh, after being released. Um, well, Welp, the Titans will pick him up, says William Jones. Uh, I mean, they'd be pretty high up in the waiver order, so we'll see how many teams put a waiver claim in on him after uh, after or through the waiver process today. But you know, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty bizarre situation. Um, Honky Kong says Buck has come to harvest our sorrows. He is the great I am. He is the harvester of sorrow. I don't think that's true. That sounds a bit dramatic, but, uh, you know, perhaps I'll add that to my various job titles. Um, it's not surprising at all. Yeah, no. Okay. That's, that's ridiculous. MB, you are, you are a very, uh, you are a very rational person, a very rational commenter on multiple fronts and multiple issues. But to say that it's not surprising at all, the former all pro, even if he did get, uh, get it beat out by his job get beat out for his job that a 28 year old former all pro was released in the middle of the season for a team that has 
ample opportunity at five and five in the Indianapolis Colts to try and secure a wild card spot. Wild card spot. Yes, of course that's surprising. Uh, it's it's nonsense to, to call that not surprising. Um, he, you know, whether or not he's still a high caliber player, uh, because he has had a great many injuries. Like Darius Leonard is not the All Pro Darius Leonard anymore. Again, to say that you're at the end of the season is reasonable. That they just outright cut the guy today and signed some dude for the practice squad for a former All Pro. You're not allowed to tell me that you're not surprised by that. Like that is that is an objectively shocking, maybe a bit extreme, but it's an objectively surprising move. I don't know that people were anticipating or predicting in Indianapolis or reporting in Indianapolis that there was any kind of any kind of smoke around Darius Leonard getting outright cut the way that he did today. So um, I I will respectfully disagree with the idea that that's not a bit of a bit of a surprise. Uh, by the way, for those of you keeping track of college basketball, Purdue is trailing or excuse me, leading Tennessee by uh, six right now, 50 to 44 with 925 to play in the second half of this game. The number two team in the country is who Tennessee is squaring off against in the Maui Invitational semifinal. And I would love for the balls to kick the shit out of Purdue because I hate Purdue. And uh, I know Zach Eady is a college kid and I don't want to say that I hate a college kid, but I uh, I I strongly dislike the university that he plays for, uh, and also I dislike Zach Eady's style of play. But that's neither here nor there. Anyway, that is going to do it for us tonight. We appreciate you guys spending your time with us. That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, I'll do a radio show tomorrow for three hours. You can come hang out with me there. If some of you are uh, still at the office for your last day before vacation, even if you're not, if you're driving somewhere to spend Thanksgiving with your family, we hope you'll uh, tune in and hang out with us from ten to one. On 104.5 The Zone. Um, and uh, yeah, no more prime time for the rest of the week until Sunday after Panthers and Titans. So God knows what that'll look like. You guys will have plenty of time to uh, to get some separation uh, from me and from your football team for a couple of days before we get back at this thing. If you're still interested in what's going on throughout the course of the week, like I said, I'll be at practice tomorrow and on Friday. But uh, yeah. We will uh, we'll call it a wrap on the primetime week and still do a, a Cosell podcast tomorrow. Uh, so that will be available for you if you want to continue to listen to Greg's analysis of uh, of Will Levis and how he's managing through these first four starts. Titans YouTuber says, see, Buck, we all have sports teams. We hate. I've never I've never uh, tried to hide ever my hatred for uh, Purdue basketball or for Kentucky basketball. I hate them both. I hate them with the passion of a thousand sons. You don't hate anything in your sports life the way that I hate Purdue and Kentucky. I promise you that. Um, but, you know, it's because I'm a long-suffering Indiana Hoosier fan, and I know that this Purdue team is going to probably sweep Indiana this year, and it's going to make me miserable. But I don't have to worry about that yet tonight uh, because I'm going to watch, hopefully, Tennessee beat Purdue. I will talk to you guys tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone.